1: HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company.
2: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun. On a Monday, a Medal of Honor Monday, of course. Of course! That's coming up an hour from now. Um, Why is the government seizing banks and then handing banks out to other banks that seems like it's probably a big deal we're going to address that very shortly we actually have carol roth coming up about uh, 30 45 minutes or now i don't know i don't do math but she's coming up soon (laughs) to discuss that we're going to discuss gas diesel oil joe biden's white house correspondence dinner Um, why your area is going to turn into a living hell. A nice little preview of that. We have this IRS whistleblower, some interesting updates on Jeffrey Epstein, and oh, look at that. We're running out of ammunition. Who called that? All that and so much more coming up on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, but I actually don't want to do any of that right now. I'm going to start with something you're not thinking about at all and you don't even care about. (laughs) How about that for a lead-in? You don't even care about this, but you will. Hang on. Just stay with me for a second. So social media. Maybe you're not on it. Statistics say you're probably probably half, half a chance you're not on it at all. But you know what it is, social media, websites and apps where people go and post videos and comments and pictures and things like that and then other people interact with them. You know what social media is. And there's this thing out there that's happening. It's us mocking parts of it and mocking things Democrats do and we shouldn't. And I'm guilty of this, too. Or maybe we should mock them while at the same time copying them. And this is what I mean. Let me, let me just give this away right off the bat. On TikTok, I don't have TikTok because it's Chinese spyware. It's not allowed in my house, but TikTok is still big. It is very big with young people. If you don't know what it is, it's uh, from what I understand, Chris and Michael, it's videos, right? It's just little short videos. Okay. So it's a bunch of short videos. I'm not on TikTok. You're probably not on TikTok, but young people are on TikTok. And there are a bunch of snot nosed little twerp communists who go on there with massive followings. And they say things like this. What
0: the Republican Party doesn't understand about Gen Z is we don't like you. You claim you want to appeal to Gen Z, but you call us stupid, you say we're dumb, you say we're indoctrinated. I promise it's a losing strategy. And Gen Z is watching the Republican Party extremely closely as they destroy our environment, take rights away from women.
1: Yeah, okay, okay, I'm bored. You're bored. We got it. We got it. Now, here's what we focus on in our party what Republicans talk about and focus on. We talk about polls, poll numbers. Look at the polls. Hey, did you see the polls? has got the latest poll numbers. has got poll numbers. We talk about things like taxes. We talk about things like the candidate and things. That, that, that we talk about these ba- rallies, right? Oh, he's got a huge rally. Look at all the people at his rally. Well, that stuff doesn't matter at all, at all. What does matter is shifting the culture back our way. This is me, super pro-life Jesse. As you know, did you know that currently abortion is a losing issue for us? Now, I'm not going to moderate on it, but it is. independence and women, they don't want you to ban abortion. They don't. Now, I know they're wrong, but they, they don't want that. Why? Because culturally, for 50 years... Since Roe versus Wade went went through the Supreme Court, women have been told in this country, "You have a right to kill it." You have, or not, know that it never used that word. You have a right to abort the clump of cells. You have a right to a. You have a right to choose your body, your choice. Your body, your choice. Your body, your choice. Fifty years of that, and what's happened is we conditioned the women in independence in this society to believe that that is a right that they have, and you can't take it away from me. And now, what we have now is an issue that we are right about that's a losing issue. It's not good for us. If the if your local election turns into an election about abortion, we're going to lose. You're going to lose, I'm going to lose. Why? Because social conditioning, culture, shifting the culture matters and that brings me to this point and this kills me to say it. I hate this, but it's true. We suck at shifting culture. We have to get better at shifting culture. And shifting culture oftentimes means doing things or supporting things that make you or me roll our eyes. Now, let me explain. Let me me give you an example. You know anything about dance? Dance. Dance competitions, anything like that. I know nothing about it. All right, now let me just be clear. I can't dance. I can't sing. I can't play music. I'm not an artistic person. I don't have a creative bone in my body. So I'm, I'm not telling you I'm an expert, but because of the wife, I know a little bit about a little bit about dance. Now let's say right now, let's say that I said the RNC, the GOP should find a way to funnel money into a Republican dance team that would go on TikTok and do dances and talk about Republic, Republican issues, you would probably roll your eyes, and rightfully so. I'll tell you if someone came to me and said that, I would say, oh, my gosh, brother, oh, here we go. Roll- dance team, oh, yeah, that's going to help us dance. That's stupid. It's probably what you're saying, right? But let me present it to you this way. Let's say you're a 15-year-old girl, and you love to dance. Women love that stuff. And you want to go get into dance. So you're already into dance. And you want to go attend a dance school. What's your dance school going to be like? What's going to be the governing ideology most likely of your dance school? It's going to be left. Hard left. In fact, as you work your way up through dance in this country, whatever that looks like, the various levels of dance, and I know there are some great local ones that are not left, by the way, but as you work your way up through dance, you know what you will encounter everywhere you go as first an aspirational 15-year-old girl and then eventually you're 20 and 25 and you're dancing here and dancing there, you know what you will encounter everywhere you go? Democrats everywhere. Run by leftists, run by leftists, run by leftists, run. In fact, all the people dancing with me are leftists. My instructors are leftists. This school is leftists. This play I'm in is leftists. This dance group is leftists. That's all you will ever encounter. Therefore, you will eventually simply become one yourself because the people who do what you do, they're all leftists. That becomes part of being on the dance team. I'm a leftist. Now, I don't want Republicans out there dancing on TikTok because it will influence me or you. You'll roll your eyes. I'll roll my eyes. But let's be honest about something. That stuff does matter. Young people in this nation, sadly but truly, young people in this nation, because it's a new technological era, it's not because they're worse than the previous generation, because it's a new era they live on social media and because they live on social media, Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and all these things that I don't even have most of those things, but because they live on these things, again, think of that phone, that smartphone in their hands as eyeglasses because it's the lens through which they see the entire planet. It's the lens through which they, they develop thoughts on issues. It's the lens for, through which they decide what culture should and shouldn't look like. And what I'm saying to you is, our side, we talk all the time about poll numbers and rallies when the truth is, that's playing the amateur's game. You know what Democrats focus on? Get out the vote, ballot harvesting, cheating too, and they focus on shaping the minds of the next generation by doing things that make you and me cringe and roll our eyes. I can listen to this and roll my eyes all day long. Guess what? A lot of young people listen when this young dork talks. What
0: the Republican Party doesn't understand about Gen Z is we don't like you. You claim you want
2: to appeal to Gen Z, but you call us stupid. You say we're dumb. You say we're indoctrinated. I...
1: We have got to get better and be better at shifting culture. We focus too much on the next election and the midterms and the presidency and the this and that culture is, it's a different shift. And frankly, it's a more important shift. What's that great Andrew Breitbart quote? Politics is downstream of culture. Remember, we're talking about laws and bans and spending and taxes and natural gas and all these other things. When in reality, if you could just give me, give you a generation and shape that culture, To have your worldview, everything else would take care of itself. And we don't do it. We mock what they do and we don't do it ourselves. And we've got to get better at it. That's all. Look, it's not, look, this is nothing you or I can fix overnight. This is something we need to get better at though. Rather than always just mocking, we should mock while copying. Our young people can do that too without having to lie like they do. Our young people could get up there and do that. Might be something to think about. All right. You know what else I'm thinking about? Uh, Federal government just seized another bank. That's uh, the second largest bank failure in American history. That kind of seems like a big deal. Well, at the same time, I'm looking at car repos and foreclosures skyrocketing. Do you see what's coming? Have you seen the big business layoffs by the thousands? Businesses see what's coming. Banks see what's coming. Large depositors see what's coming. They're all telling us the bubble's getting ready to go Do you have gold and silver in your physical possession? Gold and silver coins? Hopefully you never need them, but your kids might. Maybe their kid's after them. They aren't going to go stale. Get some in your home. Oxford Gold will deliver some to your home. Do you have gold and silver? This might be more important in your IRA or 401k. You need that right now because when that bubble pops and the bottom drops out, that precious metal makes sure the floor gets raised. One phone call away. By the way, ask them for additional free bonus opportunities you may be eligible for. Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call.
2: 833-995-GOLD. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly show. I'm sorry to break away from the news. I'll get back to all that. We have the bank closure stuff with Carol Roth, our expert on that stuff, coming up in about 10 minutes. But I can't get over this story. I've been laughing about it. I think I saw it yesterday. So there's a councilman in Indiana, <laughs> and he started identifying. He's a white dude. I, I mean, White as me. He's white as snow. He started identifying as a woman of color just the troll everybody well like, here's a news report a
3: councilman is coming out as transgender and a woman of color <laughs> delaware county councilman ryan webb announced that he now identifies as an indian american woman since that <laughs> announcement he's received some support but a lot of backlash many calling him childish despicable even calling for things like execution in a statement webb gave to it mate, he says quote It is unfortunate that I cannot simply be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. It's possible I may change my mind down the road. The process of identity exploration is complex, and oftentimes at the end of our personal journey, we end right back where we started. Webb goes on to tell IT mate this is just his true authentic self.
1: Such a great statement. I don't even know who this guy is. I know He might be a Democrat, and I love this guy. I love that he basically broadcasted it at the end, too. I'm totally just going to change back to a white dude in a heartbeat. <laughs> and before I get to the disaster of the blue areas that's coming, gosh, you're not going to believe what New York's doing in a second, I have to read this email. Not because it's a question or something like that, because this... <clears throat> This was one of the great emails I've ever read in my entire life. This is just well done. This guy needs to start writing for some website or something like that. We were asking last week, in case you missed Friday's show, in 2010, something happened to white women in America when you track this the data on antidepressant usage. It's really, really amazing how the other minority women, minority men, white men, it really kind of stayed where it was. But in 2010... It launched to the stratosphere, antidepressant usage among white women. This guy and I was kind of asking what caused all this. And this guy, this guy had this to say. Hi, Jesse. I was thinking about your question as to why antidepressant medication for white women spiked in 2010. That is right around the time that Facebook went from a college student only platform to open to anyone. I graduated from college that year, and I remember bailing on Facebook once everyone's mom showed up to the party. If there is one group of people completely obsessed with putting out a fake lifestyle to impress everyone, it's older white women. They'll claim it's just to keep in touch with relatives they met once in their childhood, but we all know Facebook and platforms like it are a massive henhouse surveillance and propaganda operations. Facebook has enabled an entire generation of shallow women to amplify their collective clucking over the past 13 years and sometimes 500 milliliter bottles of Woodbridge Chardonnay just ain't enough to take that edge off. (laughs) That is probably why every older white woman treats their smart speakers like some peasant help that is lucky enough to be inside the castle walls. <laughs> His name is Max. That's an all-time great email. Anyway, the guy said, "Oh, this one's for you, Chris." Oh, and the anti-communist manifesto is available for pre-order at Ha, dot com. I love that he slipped that one in there. Much appreciated. Gosh, you know, in all seriousness, I don't mean to make light of it. It was a great email, and we're going to get to this, gosh, New York City. New York City's attaching. They're handing out Apple AirTag trackers because so many vehicles are getting stolen. We'll get to that in a second, but I really don't mean to make light of the issue. And I'm not dogging on all medications. I'm not even dogging on all psychological medications. I'm not near knowledgeable about that stuff to know what does work or doesn't work or what is or isn't necessary. I, I don't, I'm not dogging on that. But when you all of a sudden have people consuming this level of drugs to alter their mind and it goes up that quickly, That is a indication of some sort of a societal issue that you have to get to the root of. If that is social media, let's get to the root of it. If it's a pharmaceutical problem, let's get to the root of it. If it's legislative, if it's spiritual, if it's a family issue, whatever the issue is, that is a big problem. It's like, look, you've heard me talk about uh, a bunch. You've heard me talk about testosterone levels on the show. Man, that's not a small thing. That's a society ending problem if we don't fix it, but we don't want to discuss. We don't want to have these discussions. Why are so many people on antidepressants? Why is testosterone free falling? Why are we have a lot of whys right now that we had better get to the root of and solve. And oftentimes I think we don't want to solve these problems or we don't want to have these discussions because those discussions can get so uncomfortable, can't they? It's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Like when we talk about starting a family. Starting a family, get married, young, get married, stay married, make babies. We talk about it all the time on the show. And obviously, hate comes in for that because people will feel judged or left out or whatever because they've made different choices in life. You shouldn't feel judged or left out. People live their own lives. But let's start talking about hard issues. We are a nation of broken families. Until that changes, until we change that, then all the rest of this stuff, pfft, it's rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Speaking of the Titanic, um, why is the government seizing banks and handing them to J.P. Morgan? Carol Roth is going to join us next and explain what exactly is going on and how worried should we be. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that
0: right. The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: Have we already forgotten about the bank closures? Inflation? Global instability? World War III that sadly may be coming? Look It is the jesse kelly show i love carol carol always picks the best intro music out there joining me now my friend carol roth she has a book you can pre-order now called you will own nothing you know all that klaus schwab wef stuff we discuss on the show you want to hear it want to hear it you want to read it laid out in print You will own nothing by Carol Roth. Okay, Carol, before we get to owning nothing, which I basically already do since I'm married, let's get to the First Republic. Uh, Why is the government seizing banks and handing them to other banks? What happened?
3: I mean, we've been talking about this for years, Jesse. It's the great consolidation. You know, wouldn't it be a dream? Wouldn't it be great for the elite of the world if there were just a, a few big banks? Think about how wonderful and easy it would be for them to introduce a CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, and control everything we do. I mean, maybe at some point they even get rid of those big banks. I mean, you can't have bank runs if you don't have banks. So, you know... Forget about the little guy. Forget about choice and competition. Forget about decentralization. Forget about a pushback against control. Let's just, you know, let's just accelerate this. Let's just get it all done so that these elite can make sure and jockey to make sure that they're controlling all of the resources.
1: Okay, that's that's pretty much horrifying. All right, let's let's get to the nitty gritty of it. First Republic Bank, second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Why did it fail? What what happened?
3: Well, if you want to really go back in in time, I mean, basically, this is all the the outcome of Fed action. We have had 50. years of Fed intervention in the market with accommodative monetary policy. They suppressed interest rates. They printed $9 trillion out of nowhere. And that's not something that was demanded by the market. That's a a central planning move. So when there was too much money in the market, different banks did different things. Silicon Valley Bank did one thing. Signature Bank did something else. In the case of First Republic, they said, oh, we're going to make uh, a lot of loans at like 1% <laughs> uh, oh. for mortgages to really wealthy oh. people, and we'll just assume that this party goes on forever. So the Fed created this risky behavior taking scenario. And then on the other side, when it, it you know, really started causing inflation at the consumer level, because it had been creating um, inflation at the asset owner level for quite some time, but you know when it started in- seeping into spending, and they said, okay, well, just kidding, now we're going to really quickly raise rates, Um, everybody that that had done these things and locked in long-term lending or put their money into long-term securities at very low interest rates, now we're upside down. And as their depositors were saying, well, you know, I could go and and buy a treasury security for six months and get 5% yield, I'm going to pull my money out of the, the banking deposits that's giving me a fraction of that. Um, you know, all of the banks, you know, got upside down in terms of their balance sheets, and then they needed to be rescued by the same people who caused the problem. So people will tell you it was the Fed's inaction; they didn't regulate them, they didn't oversee them. But this was squarely the Fed's action over the past fit of fifteen years, which has accelerated over the past few years.
1: Speaking with my friend Carol Roth, author of the book "You Will Own Nothing," Carol. Okay, so help me explain this. You say First Republic Bank got a bunch of money in from the feds, from our idiot federal government and started handing out 1% loans. I still, I can't even say that with a straight face. 1% loans to people thinking it would go on forever. But why would anyone think that? I'm an idiot and I would know there would be an end to that. These are, even if these are leftist ideologues or whatever they are, they are people with educations, educations at fancy schools like you went to. How could you be so stupid as to think this would go on forever?
3: Yeah, thanks for for lumping me in with the global elite. There, <laughs> you're Pre- a that investment just- banker. <laughs> I'm a recovering investment uh. banker. It's been a it's a twelve step program. Um, it, this is really the big mystery, because even if you look at Silicon Valley Bank, their CEO was on the board of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. If you look at uh, Signature Bank, Barney Frank, the godfather of regulation in this industry, was on their board of directors. These were all people in the know that had the inside track on what was going on. So either they really drank the Kool-Aid, or there was something nefarious where everybody was kept in the dark. But you know, not to say that these CEOs weren't to blame because this is just a boneheaded move. As you said, everyone else could see that, that something had to be done. Um, but you know, <laughs> they just somehow bought into it. And I do think that that is the missing puzzle piece here because it was all the people who were well-connected, that whether they parked money in treasuries that had a you know, 10-year duration or... Or they gave out these long-term mortgages they just i guess are are so insulated in a way and and believing that you know each other's you know what um that they just thought this party was going to go on forever Or they just, you know, were arrogant and didn't take into account that when the Fed had to raise so quickly that, oh, maybe the depositors would pull their money out and look for yield elsewhere. And I think that's, you know, some, some hubris and some arrogance in that as well.
1: Okay, Carol, explain this part of this to me. How does First Republic Bank end up in the hands of J.P. Morgan Chase, who is now a financial juggernaut that is probably too big? How, how does that happen?
3: Yes, yeah, so um, too, too big to fail is getting just uh, you know, much, much larger. This great consolidation is, is happening. I mean, the reality is that... In a sense, this was going to be ugly because when you have these assets on your balance sheet that today are don't look so hot maybe if you hold them to maturity you get your money out of it but today the market discounts them because you could get better yield elsewhere when a company takes those over they have to do what's called mark to market they have to basically show what the value is today not what it might be in the future so that looks really ugly Um, that can hurt the capital controls um, you know or the the capital requirements excuse me For the big banks, so so this is something that uh, Jamie Dimon had to navigate very carefully. And since he's been in this position before, and he's you know good good buddies with all the uh, the the folks in the 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 banking regulation area, and the people in the Fed, and the people in the Treasury, um, you know he was pretty clear about. Here's the good stuff. I'm going to keep the good stuff, and then you're going to help me backstop the bad stuff. And, oh, by the way, you're going to give me a loan. And that loan, the interest rate on that has not been disclosed. But if I were a betting woman, and I'm not, but if I were... I would say there's probably a really attractive interest rate that's below market that's attached to it. So he's been there, he's been at the table before, um, and he knew what to do in order to benefit himself and his shareholders.
1: Is there a problem, just really quickly, we've only got about a minute here, is it a problem how much of the market they now own?
3: I mean, it certainly creates systemic issues. If you want to talk about too big to fail as these banks become bigger and there isn't uh, decentralization, you know, if if something goes down with them, uh, not a lot of uh, places to absorb shock in the system, unfortunately. So decentralization is our friend. Unfortunately, we are trending in the wrong direction.
1: Mm. Mm -mm. Carol Roth, you are the best. The book is You Will Own Nothing. Thank you, Carol.
3: Always a pleasure. That hurts. That
1: hurts. What? It hurts me, Chris. You you should have seen how attentive Chris was because we were talking about banking. Did you pick up a lot of that? What, Chris? Never mind. Anyway, listen, we do have to talk about the blue areas. This story out of New York is getting no play. But if it isn't just a great preview of our future, I don't know what is. So let's talk about Apple AirTags in a moment. (laughs) And then let's talk. Well, first, let's do this. Let's talk about the fact that uh, I had to stop and pick up some dog food for Fred the other night. I think I told you that last week. I had to stop on the way home, and I'd never bought him dog food. I'd fed him before, but we keep it in this container. I'd never bought him dog food, so the wife had to text me a picture of what to buy him. I know you're going to find this shocking, but we he, he eats sensitive stomach dog food. I have the biggest sissy of a dog ever. And you know, I've told you before about all the digestive issues he used to have after every meal, every every meal without fail. Rough greens is the only thing that solved that. Even switching to the sensitive food didn't solve that because dog food is all dead. Remember, your dog's food is dead. My dog's food is dead. With sensitive stomach or not, there's nothing in it. That's why it's brown. That's why it lasts so long on the shelf. That means your dog, my dog, they never get nutrition. Vitamins and minerals and probiotics. What would you look like? What would you feel like if you never had real nutrition in your body? That's your dog. Make your dog live longer. Go to the vet less often. Fix his digestive issues if he has them. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. They're giving out free Jumpstart trial bags. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. Or call 833 my dog
2: Jesse Kelly returns next. Well, the truth is, we really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and (laughs) midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah-ha-ha! The president of the United States of America, openly mocking a host losing his job because he criticized him that is where we are now as a nation all right before we'll get to the biden stuff and that and that stupid media dinner they had and everything else here in just a moment but I saw this little tidbit and it it made me shake my
2: head. I
3: feel like sometimes you turn down the wrong street, you just feel like you shouldn't be there. But other areas, I feel fine.
1: We
2: used to feel uh, comfortable walking around at night um, and uh, we feel less comfortable now than we used to.
3: Make sure I'm holding like everything close to me and that I have like my protection on me, whether it's Mace or anything like that.
2: Uh, I've seen large numbers
1: of police in certain places. Uh, we could probably use uh, some more. Headline, woke DA Darcell Clark's worst conviction dismissal rates are the reason Bronx burns. So I do, I have to ask all those people, you're clutching your handbags and you can't turn down this street and you want more cops here and that, I just, I do have to ask, who did you vote for? How'd you vote last election? Because I know this sounds mean and cold, but it's time for accountability. It's time for ownership. It's time for people to look in the mirror and be honest about their roles in the conditions of blue America. If you're a Democrat in New York City who votes for Democrat mayors and Democrat DAs and Democrat governors, I don't feel bad for you. That's who you voted for. You made this choice. I got this email. Dear Maybe Oracle, I noticed this weekend, and I know it's largely anecdotal, but here it goes. I have a black neighbor, just a regular guy like me. He had his cousin over. I stopped by and had a bourbon with him. We got to talking, and they both talked about how much they loved Trump and how much they hated Biden. I asked them if they voted in 2020. They both replied with an, oh, no, we've never voted. I was stunned. I asked, that did they ever stop to think if maybe them and other people they knew would have voted, maybe the dementia patient may not be in the White House? They were just taken aback. You could tell that thought had never crossed their minds. What's your take on it? He said his kid is a big fan. His name is Tyson. So shout out to Tyson. But Okay, here's my take on this. Before we indict these two gentlemen, let's do acknowledge a reason this happens. Uh, do you work? You work somewhere usually. You're probably a worker. Uh, look, even if uh, even if you're a housewife, you obviously have one of the hardest jobs out there. But I mean, in the in the workplace, in the workplace, or school, or group projects, this will this will apply. You ever work around somebody? who just wants a paycheck they don't care for their job at all they don't care about the company at all they really just want a paycheck you've worked around people like that i've worked around people like that i thankfully don't really have to do that anymore because we get we get to screw off for a living <laughs> here on the show but you've done that i've done that you've had to work around these people and if you care about your team. This applies to everything, sports teams, group projects. If you care about your team and you want the football team to win and you show up in the offseason to do extra lifting and you're doing it all, you get frustrated with the guy who's just mailing it in. And he doesn't really want to be there. He's just on the team because the uniform helps him get some pretty girls. Or he doesn't care about the mission. And so the person who does care about the mission – You look at people who don't care about the mission, and you get frustrated with them. I am pointing at myself. I sure do. I get so mad at these people. At the same time, we have to acknowledge something that we brought up at the very beginning of the show, cultural, cultural conditioning, and this is what I mean. How many people in this nation, how many have been taught to care, to care about their country? To care about who's running for office. Who's elected. To care about their communities. I, I hate littering. It's just one of the things I hate. I despise it. But why do I hate littering? And I really, I, I, I hate it. Well, when I was a kid, we moved to Montana when I was 10 years old. And we used to always go to, we were always outside. Either we go on family hikes. Or mainly my old man would take me out hunting. We'd go out elk hunting and deer hunting and pheasant hunting, and so we were always out and about. When my old man saw trash, which was rare in Montana, but it happened when he saw trash, someone chucked a beer can here or a wrapper there, he would the blood pressure would just about pop right out of his forehead, and he'd go pick it up, and he would just talk about how disgusted he was that somebody would come to a beautiful place like Montana and then just start chucking trash on the ground. And how what dirtball behavior that was. And I know that now, at the age of 41, that's why I care. I was taught to care about my environment. I was taught to be mindful enough of the place I live that to this day, whether I'm walking in Montana or walking down the streets of lower Manhattan and I have a gum wrapper in my hand, it will never go on the ground, ever. I will find a trash can before I throw it down anywhere. Because I was taught to be incentivized. If you want to know why your neighbors have never voted and it never occurred to them to vote, they were not taught that by their parents or their schools or whoever. They weren't taught to be part of their nation, part of the solution. Look, I told you I complained about this last week. I'm going through this myself. I live in a neighborhood of a bunch of Republicans, bunch of people who talk about guns and kids and families and things like that. 92% Republican. We have local elections coming up here in Texas in five days. They will group text message in this neighborhood about football games and the draft and crawfish boils until the cows come home. I sent out one text about going to vote and telling them who to vote for. Not one reply. Nothing. No investment. Never been taught that they're part of it. And that kind of apathy is what's killing us. All right. Enough of that for now. Let's get to Medal of Honor Monday. Who doesn't love Medal of Honor Monday? Next
0: Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie, because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.